five years ago, met one of my friends who's become one of my best friends. And I would tell her always about my, like, fitness life and how I love the gym. And we would go together, like, in the mornings. Mm -hmm. We would record videos, put them on social media. And just people would, like, see them and, you know, respond and say, oh, y'all look great. You know, I wish you were a trainer and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, Body by Dawson was always in the back of my mind. But I was like, hmm, don't know if I like it enough to pursue it like professionally and during the pandemic you know i was sitting at home and i'm just like you know what i'm gonna go for this before we get into this episode i know you've been struggling with the idea of starting your own business and launching a premium product that you know is going to transform lives so i have a bomb resource for you the man himself words taylor is going to help you launch your product or service for the clients who need your help right now now you can't call yourself a business owner unless you are getting in front of new clients every single day and words knows exactly how to do that all you have to do is tap in so he can teach you his six-figure launch strategy that's produced over five million dollars in client sales so all you have to do is go to highticketlaunchsecrets.com. That's highticketlaunchsecrets.com and get into the free training. It's happening this week. So go to highticketlaunchsecrets.com and let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Young, and I have a really, really cool, you're almost like the, the po- like the compliment to my energy today. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to get into this one because we're going to get to the fitness space. So, Miss Sierra Dawson, I have the wonderful Miss Sierra Dawson here to join me today, tell her story. But without further ado, would you like to take it away? Sure, thank you. So, I'm Sierra. I um, currently do have a nine to five, so I'm in IT project management. I, my, me and my friends always joke about how I feel like I've worked several different careers, I've lived several different lives, so now I'm in aviation, but working in the IT field, and I just kind of happened in that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> went to school for communication, so that was most of my life. Mm. Um, now I'm IT project management, which mostly is just project management with a little bit of IT technical experience. Okay. And then on the side, I have my fitness business, so i always been in the fitness, um, decided to pursue it full-time, re- well, at least part-time for now <laughs> just um decided to pursue it and so now i'm in the personal training business that's a fact now she says side business but listen like she said she's <laughs> Look, open for more clients and the transition is real so mm-hmm, for sure let's get into these different hats um but before we do i'm really curious about your love for passion now a lot of people don't know but in my past life i had a fitness business and when i hear you talk about your fitness business i get excited again <laughs> and i'm like oh my god that life was just mm-hmm. lit so tell me a little bit how you get started in the fitness business yeah so i was an athlete in school like middle school high school played basketball uh, did a few things outside of that but mostly basketball was it and then um college I was so happy to not have to go to practice listen to my coach that I completely slacked off like no working out I didn't go to the gym didn't look at the gym or anything like that <clears throat> gained about 25 pounds <laughs> unhealthy weight and I was just like you know what something has to give and it honestly wasn't until um going into my sophomore year of college that um I had to have my tonsils taken out Lost a lot of weight from not being able to eat, of course. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I like the way I look. I miss being this size. So, got back into the gym real heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, after I graduated, I actually got back in even more. So, started back working out, eating right, cooking more at home instead of eating at diner food in college. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, after that, just started taking my health and my, um, you know, physical fitness 
way more serious than I had been and kind of getting back into that routine that I had like throughout my, you know, school years. Okay. Um, started like going to the gym one or two times a day, making sure I'm like just focusing on stuff even at home mm-hmm. and then outside of home when I'm uh, like active on the weekends with friends or just going to the gym and moved here maybe about five years ago, met one of my friends who's become one of my best friends. And I would tell her always about my like fitness life and how I love the gym. And we would go together like in the mornings. Mm -hmm. And so she was actually leaving the job that we worked at together. And as (laughs) she's that type of person where she gives gifts to the people who she like, who impacted her before she leaves. And I'm like, we're supposed to give to you. (laughs) So one of the gifts she gave me was um, just this whole workout package. So it was a tank top with body by Dawson on it, which is my my brand name, a water bottle and a sweatband. Because we used to always joke, body by Dawson this, body by Dawson that. And so it was a joke at first and just, you know, something between us. And um, we would record videos, put them on social media. And just people would like see them and, you know, respond and say, oh, y'all look great. You know, I wish you were a trainer and all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, Body by Dawson was always in the back of my mind. But I was like, "Mm, don't know if I like it enough to pursue it like professionally, just because I feel like with some passions, those are ones you want to keep close to you. And you don't really want to make them into a business because that way sometimes it does not continue to be a passion. Mm -hmm. It becomes more like work. But um, kind of just like, you know, it's always in the back of my head. This is something I want to do. Give people tips professionally, like actually go get certified so I can learn more. And during the pandemic, you know, I was sitting at home and I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to go for this. So I started researching for certifications, looking into it more, got certified and I fully launched and it's been no turning back since. <laughs> Ain't nothing like a good old pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy because even before the pandemic, I was looking into it, but not seriously. But after the pandemic, the pandemic and all that happened with it. And then like, I lost my dad during it. It was like a lot of family stuff, like just mental health, of course, mm-hmm. and working out even just at home in my apartment was the only thing that just was constant and mm-hmm. was consistent and kept me like sane. And so I was like, you know what, if I'm feeling this way, I'm sure like a bunch of other people feel this way. Or even the complete opposite where the pandemic just threw them for a loop and now they're struggling to get back fit or get back active. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I feel like I can definitely help people who are like me or who are on the other end of the spectrum. So that's a part of what made me go for it completely too. That's, oh goodness, like I said, sitting still, thinking to yourself, figuring out what you want to do and then got that certification. That's what I love about like fitness professionals who take it serious enough to get certified yeah i think any profession right especially when it comes to coaching and things you have to invest in mm-hmm. the actual like the, the worst thing is when you see someone doing a, um, a squat girl and they <laughs> your knees like oh, why your knees caving <laughs> can you please the form yeah you know, hurt these people out here or like bending over like no baby chest up <laughs> butt down chest up you know what I mean you just like you want to hit their DM and be like hey next time you post mm-hmm. but uh, then you don't want to overstep cause you don't want to be a girl girl but I am that girl I'm sorry I'm telling y'all my truth I sometimes I I would, if I feel if, if I feel compelled mm-hmm. and it's not even with fitness all the, all the time but when you see people teaching people sometimes I feel like you can't be teaching people the wrong thing so I'm really happy that you got certified um now in your journey what's uh what's really interesting about like 
you being a fitness person. You're like you're like a fitness person who fell out of fitness a little bit mm-hmm. and then found it in your own life journey, right? So growing up, were you always in like um, child sports? Like was that your life? Were you always like going from different season type mm-hmm. sports? Actually, no. What? Yes, no. So my mom, my mom is six foot two. So that automatically is like basketball player. Yeah. My girl is not athletic in the least bit. (laughs) And so like my dad, my uncles, my granddad, all of them were like, you know, into sports, of course. And with my height, they were like, you know, I want you to play a sport. Even my like boy cousins would coach me in basketball. So I didn't really do anything like elementary school or even before that. It wasn't until maybe like seven or eighth grade that I was just like, "Mm, I'm going to go out for the basketball team. I'm tall. Everybody tells me I should play. Had no skills, like, okay. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Tried out seventh grade year, did not make it. A little disappointed, but I'm like, it makes sense. <laughs> you know, I, I don't have any type of experience. So, worked with some of my cousins, and uh, by the next year, eighth grade, I made the team and continued on throughout the rest of high school. Okay. And so, um, so much so that even, like, my senior year, I became one of the co-captains. So, I was like, it, it was nice to see that I had no experience, especially compared to some of the girls on the team who had been playing since they could pick up a ball. Yeah. And had, like, worked my way up and had the skill, the drive, like, all the um, maturity to handle being one of the co-captains. So Absolutely. That was nice. But, yeah, did not play really uh, until about seventh grade. I was always, like, athletic. So, like, of course, PE and stuff, I was really good, just mm-hmm. naturally athletic, but mm-hmm. never really hone that in like on an actual team i got you now what's interesting about your come up in basketball it's not even about your basketball skills it's about your leadership skills that's true right like a lot of us um whether it's in management and and at work or leadership um in like these extracurriculars Mm -hmm. a lot of us don't necessarily get a chance to do those leadership opportunities and i think that really shapes a person it does professionally and personally Mm -hmm. so like when you think so when you think about your was that your first leadership role or had you been like kind of um, used to leadership at that point. Yeah, so at that point I was because I've always been um, more academic than athletic. Like I had the athletic side, the academics was like my bread and butter. So I was always involved in like some type of extracurricular activity, uh, whether in school, outside of school, in the community, in the church. Um, had uh, held various like leadership positions in those organizations I was in. So I was used to it, but. I think in that area, it made more sense to me because I was so academic, I was so civic-minded, as opposed to not being the strongest basketball player and then also being deemed a leader in that space. So that kind of stuck out to me more than, like, the academic stuff. Because I'm like, this is this is what I do. So, you know, of course I should be a leader, you know. My. <laughs> myself up. <laughs> but in basketball, you know, there are plenty of other people, people younger than me who are better than me, more skilled than me in basketball. But because of my leadership skills, this got me like where I am. Yeah. So that actually meant more to me than the others. Mm, I think that says a lot about you. So we, as we uncover <laughs> a lot about this journey, I think what we'll find is... Uh, well, you know what? I'm, I'm always, like, pre-predicting the movie show. Okay. I'm always like, oh, I know how this is going to happen. I do that from time to time, too. Yeah. So, so, I, so I won't be, like, disappointed or, like, too surprised. Hey, you know, I was expecting that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some, a lot of times I never really know. So we're going to get to the twists and turns. Okay. Now, you've always been more academic than I'm um, athletic. So it, it only makes sense that you became a technology um, project manager. Mm-hmm. And you went to corporate with this, like, very technical role. But... 
utilizing that communications degree, right? So when you were in high school, did you have an idea that you were going to go into technology? Absolutely not. Mm. So I wanted to be on CNN. (laughs) Yes, because I've always been a great writer, um, great at storytelling, just writing English, grammar, all that is like my strong suit. Even now, like I love it. So how you correct people for like form and stuff? I'm that person for like grammar and yeah. spelling. The period. <laughs> You're missing a semicolon. You should use a semicolon instead of a regular comma. <laughs> so just like I'm very nitpicky when it comes to like grammar and English and stuff. So always wanted to be a writer. Um, decided that you know broadcast journalism was my favorite outside of just like journalism. Okay. So I didn't want to be like a news person or like well newspaper or print journalist. I wanted to be on TV like. CNN, like Anderson Cooper, Kate Curry, like my people. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, you know, this is what I want to do. Went to school, majored in broadcast journalism, like I'm doing it. I think I had a class my junior year, sophomore or junior year, and it was um, news writing and reporting, and then another was TV production. Loved both of them, like fell in love. But we watched like some documentary in the TV production class, and it was just talking about ethics in journalism. And I, I credit myself as someone who, like, has really strong morals. I stick to my guns. Like, I don't like to jeopardize my ethics and my, like, personal um, beliefs for work. Yeah. And so sometimes you may have to do that for the story, especially when it comes to news and, like, these big networks who require, like, the ratings because they're all about the ratings. And so I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> don't know if this is what I want to do. <clears throat> so... You know, growing up, when you think about communications, there are only, like, certain areas. So, like, um, TV, radio, or print, mostly. And so, I started pursuing, like, other areas. I didn't even know corporate communication was a thing. So, like, PR stuff, writing press releases for the company, acting as that communications um, liaison for the company. And so, um, even social media at the time was becoming a thing that companies wanted to get into. So my very first job was a social media intern for this um, private-owned company in Birmingham, okay. in Alabama. And after I graduated, they hired me on full-time as corporate communication specialist. And so didn't even know that existed when I first like started off in college, but so glad it did because it taught me a lot in the corporate world and then also exposed me to a lot of like how you communicate for a corporate company or how you um, even just send out press releases and stuff and how it differs from industry to industry. Yeah. So I definitely did not have technology anywhere in the mind. At first it was like broadcasting, then it shifted to just communications overall. And then like marketing kind of comes into that too. So I did a bit of that. But I'm telling you, this technology stuff just came out of left field. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Now, corporate communications, I did a stint in corporate communications and I never would have thought... It was. I actually thought it was a terrible fit at the time. But what I liked about it was that you got a chance to be the company's like mouthpiece. For sure. Did you take like what type of um, one skill sets did you do? You feel like you got from it, mm-hmm. right? And then what was your favorite part about being like the communication specialist? So um, skill sets definitely organization. Um, always like knowing your audience. So the company was. I think they actually just hit their 100-year anniversary this year or something. So um, very, very traditional. And it's so crazy because they had people come in and um, two leaders 
one's office was very modern and one was very traditional. <laughs> so it was like butting heads within the company of how we want to move forward. Mm. But overall, very traditional, very, um, you know, by the book and everything. Like we wrote on AP Style. They made sure I had like a subscription to apstyle.org or .com, whatever it is. Like they really wanted you to wow. be like journalistic. Mm-hmm. And so um, I knew that all of this, the people we were working with, because it was more of a B2B type company. So the people that we were working with kind of were on that same level, like audience wise, um, other businesses that we worked with and stuff like that. So I definitely had to be able to tailor and be versatile to who I'm sending this communication out to. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is just always trying to kind of be innovative because although they were very traditional and were an older type company, they wanted to get into the social media space, but they still wanted it to feel like their, you know, their tone, their brand. So I had to find very creative ways to make this interesting on social media so that we can grow an audience while also staying true to who the company is. Mm. So those were like some interesting skills. It's especially fresh out of college. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have any like corporate communication experience. Like this is broadcasting, journalism, stuff like that. Yeah, sure. But like literally press releases or um even social media or the company had, you know, a little scandal at one point. <laughs> Did it? And you had to manage that? Yeah. So they, when I joined the company, they were coming out of it. Okay. But it was still like so many, what is that? 60 Minutes, I think, had did a whole expose on the company. Okay. Um, even they were still doing like some stuff in the community to try to turn the image around. Yes. So having to manage that and make sure they're like hitting the engagement and the sentiment and everything that they're expecting to was very interesting. I think that's a really interesting um, position and a position of authority to be in in your first role, number one. Mm -hmm. And there's something that that just stands out about that type of role where you have to be the voice of the company. It's like you're finding the company's voice, Mm -hmm. right, and the company's culture, and you're mitigating certain, like, um, things that are going on to the company's brand. But as a young person, how are you finding your voice? How did you figure out how to balance the two between – Speaking how Sierra speaks and then speaking how the company speaks. Honestly, I didn't find my voice in that position um, because one, I was probably the youngest person in the company. Two, I was one of three black people in the entire, well, at least, so the way the company is set up, they had the corporate office, which is where I was. And then they have other um, subsidiaries throughout the world. So they had a presence in um, Canada in Korea, in uh, the UAE, in like all over the world. And so, um, but the main focus was more so for the corporate environment. And there it was literally three black people, three black women, me and one of my friends who was around my age and then an older black woman. And so um, it was hard just because you're around like a lot of white people or like um, Indian people. And Especially as a young black woman entering the field, this is my very first job. I didn't feel like I had a voice. So I stayed true, of course, to the other black people. They knew, you know, (laughs) that was my comfort space. (laughs) But like trying to tell people why my hair is braided today and why yesterday it was like my hair, like my short hair was very trying. So in that space, I didn't feel like I could be my authentic self or that I had a voice when it came to sending out some of these communications. So, like, when it came to social media, some stuff I would try to, because in that way, I'm the expert. Y'all don't know anything, so I'm going to try to, like, you know, put my little touch on it. And in a sense, I was able to towards the end, but at first, definitely got a lot of pushback. (laughs) A lot of pushback. (laughs) Tell me about the pushback. So, because I think that's 
the challenges is what makes us good Mm -hmm. employees, which makes us good entrepreneurs. So like when you think about some of the challenges that you face, what are some of those like tiffs or difficult conversations that you had to have Mm -hmm. in order to like release something that you had come up with versus like something the company was like, hey, wait a minute now. (laughs) Right. So um, on social media, you know, people like quick information. They don't want like this. Well, nowadays, I feel like some Facebook posts can be very long and people read them. But those are more so like stories or stuff that, you know, gets people's attention. When you're talking about waterworks manufacturing, Mm. pipes, plumbing, fire hydrants, I don't want to read about that. (laughs) So we had to find a way to like be as concise as possible. And so I got a lot of pushback from like shortening, which they felt like was taken away from the story or the content as opposed to them wanting to basically put paragraphs on social media. So we did that for a while and the engagement wasn't there and they just, you know, they wanted more like water facts or, um, broadcasting of their like supply and stuff like that and I'm like can we do some type of campaign of some sort or even just like a series of some sort and they were just like no I think we should stick to like putting out somewhat publications you know Mm -hmm. just facts here or what the company is doing there and I'm like people don't even know who you are like they see your products but they don't know that you're behind them because the the name of the corporate company is totally different from the products that are actually out there. Okay. So it was very hard at first, but eventually um, the communications director, so I actually reported to the marketing director at first. And so then um, when I became the corporate communication specialist, I started reporting to the legal counsel, which, you know, I see how it fits, but it doesn't quite fit. (laughs) So me, the marketing director and the communications director all reported up to him. So Coming from a legal standpoint and having to have him like kind of vet everything, yeah. that legal eye and that communications eye are totally different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was definitely a barrier because from the legal standpoint, yes, you know, you do have to cross your T's and dot your I's, but when it comes to social media, you can kind of relax a bit, but he didn't see it that way. So like some of the communications we put out were just like very dry, like legal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, um, me and the communications director got together and she was very like, well, you know, you're young. I feel like you can do what you're supposed to do. So she got in his ear and, um, she was an advocate for me too. So she helped kind of turn his view around and we were able to start like doing series on social media. So I started this where, uh, if you see a product sighting, send it in. And we had a lot of submissions from employees, from other customers and stuff like that. Even people just in the audience on social media. Mm-hmm. And that became a big hit. We started doing spotlights on different people in the company. So that was also a good series for social media. Yeah. So just things to show that, hey, you know, we're a brand, but there are people behind the brand. So that was definitely a big help in being able to like, come back at some of that pushback we got at first <laughs> absolutely and I bet it would be a personal development story as mm-hmm. well right also to have someone advocate for you yes it's a it's a do or die situation mm-hmm. when you're incorporating you if you don't have someone who's an ally mm-hmm. you're kind of floundering so like you can't yeah. necessarily think about well I hate to think about like what if you didn't have it right and then you'd right. be like just stuck under the thumb mm-hmm. of the legal do- yep. <laughs> director <laughs> telling you what creative stuff you can actually come up with mm-hmm. Now, part of the foundation of your story is um, you wanting to be on TV, Mm -hmm. right? So at the point where you get your first corporate job, I'm sure the money's good. Like, how are you connecting to, like, your why? Are you like, I was supposed to be on TV? Or did you Mm -hmm. forget about it at the moment? So it still was kind of there because I felt like 
the crux of what I wanted to do was get the story out to people. And I just always thought I was cute, so I should belong on TV. <laughs> and so I'm like, this is a face for TV. Like, I don't need to be behind radio or behind, a, like, a newspaper or something. And so um, I was like, I feel like I would love to just, you know, sit behind a desk, make sure I'm, like, giving the people, like, the true story. And I felt like that was done even in my communications, like, being in corporate. Mm-hmm. So, um some of the press releases we would send out, or even just like a news story. We even had an intranet where a lot of our um, our team members would go and just get news around the company and everything. Mm-hmm. So even be, being able to like draft up those stories, it kind of played into the broadcast, or at least the journalism side of the broadcasting. Mm. So that was one way I kind of like rationalized it to me. <laughs> still, keyword. Exactly. I definitely, definitely rationalized it. I was like, you know what? I'm still actually doing this, just not on TV. Mm-hmm. So I, that was one way it made it okay. In the back of my head, even now, I'm still like, hmm, I wonder what it would have been like. Because I look at some of my classmates in college who went to um, do news and stuff for like smaller markets or... Um, started doing like stuff in Birmingham for like Fox and everything and so I'm like I love looking at them seeing them win and everything and sometimes I just wonder what it would have been like for me but I do like the journey that I took because I still was able to do the communications I was able to do the journalism and everything like um go to different people throughout the company and say hey what do you have and like write up a story from that so it was the same thing essentially aside from the tv part yes and you got so much responsibility Mm -hmm. like um being able to develop again your leadership skills Mm -hmm. right um because you've already been you've kind of been groomed into a space where you know how to be a leader in academics you've been a leader in in, as an athlete and then you go into a communication role where you're being a bit challenged, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So even then you have to assert yourself. And then you have allies. It's a it's the perfect mix of just a personal development journey. Sure. And we're only getting started. Yeah. <laughs> I was like literally fresh out of college. Oh my goodness. Fresh out of college. So super young. No experience. And I'm just like, all right, you know, let's let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so what? how long had you been at this company? So I stayed there for about three years. Okay. Um, like I said, started as an intern uh, after I graduated. Stayed there for about a year and a half, and the the social media intern position was brand new, of course. You know, they were trying to get into the social space, so they needed someone to come in on it. <clears throat> the corp composition was something they had created for me, and then after that, I'm just like, okay, where do I go from here? Because you have four people in this communications department, so they did hire a um, VP or assistant VP who um, the communications team did start to report to instead of the legal counsel. Okay. And so by the time I left, it was just the four of us. And I'm like, okay, she's not going anywhere. She's not going anywhere. And he just got here. So where am I supposed to go? Okay. And I was like, all this money y'all making, and we still, like, I'm only getting a 3% (laughs) increase year over year. I was like, that's not cost of living for real. (laughs) So I'm just like, okay, time to start looking for other opportunities. And, you know, I'm young. Don't have a husband, kids, or anything. Nothing's holding me down. I'm just going to apply everywhere. So I started applying in, like, Virginia and, like, New York, California, Atlanta, all over. And so I had a couple um, interviews in other states, and I was just like, mm, don't really like the cold. <laughs> I was like, it would definitely be a good opportunity, but, um, you know, if, if it gets there, yeah, sure. But I'm not going to, like, truly pursue anything out there. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, applied for a couple roles in Atlanta. Um, one called, and I interviewed for it. And I was like, okay, I felt good. 
They called me back for another interview and the hiring manager was very like, you know, understand you live in another state. So if you don't want to come, like we're, we're making this worth your time. But if you don't want to come, we understand. I'm like, girl, no, it's, it's good. <laughs> so I went for a second interview and um, it was like a writing sample that I had to do a writing test. And I don't know, a week or so later, um, they called me with an offer. We did some negotiations, which I was proud of myself of. <laughs> Is this your first time negotiating? It was. It was. You got to tell me. How did that go? Yeah, so, you know, I've always been good at, like, research. I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do professionally? Like, how does this work? And so, my social media intern position, you know, I'm just happy to have a job that's paying more than $8 an hour. (laughs) (laughs) The um, court composition, they offered me an enhanced. I'm like, y'all played me with that salary. (laughs) And so, um... I was like, okay, I definitely want something more. And then coming to Atlanta, you know, the cost of living is different than in Birmingham. Yeah. So she called me and she offered me um, basically what I was making in my current job. Current job, and I was just like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And she was like, okay, um, you know, how much more do you want? And so I, I gave her like maybe a seven to ten range higher. She was like, oh, I don't know if we can do that because at the time I didn't know the company was broke. <laughs> <laughs> and so she was like oh okay you know well let me talk with um, my boss and like finance and everything so she called me back and she was like we can go a little bit higher especially since you have more experience than some of the other girls and I was like you know I appreciate that but so I, I, I didn't negotiate I was like y'all, y'all aren't moving me to Atlanta I said I will foot the bill to move myself you know put myself up and everything but if I'm doing that I feel like I could at least meet me here and so she was like, okay. So she, you know, took it back. And eventually, they did meet me at that number. That's so not bad. Between, yeah, between um, me, you know, saying that I would gonna, was going to move myself and then having the experience that I had and just asking for it. Yeah. She did, you know, meet me higher than what they originally posted for. So I was really proud of myself for that. That is dope. <laughs> Wait a minute. Now, I have to ask, and hopefully you're comfortable with it. One, when was this? And then what was the number? The top three responses that I get when I ask, why do you want to leave corporate America? Are that you want financial freedom, you want to own your own time, and you want to build a legacy for this generation and generations to come. Now, this is not a solo job. In order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship, it's going to take community and it's going to take resources. And I've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully. So if you're interested in leaving your job, go ahead and click that information below. Let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully. Now let's get back to the episode. So, um, Let's see. This was moved here in 2016. Okay. So I was making like 38 at the first job mm-hmm. out of college. And she was just like, um, well, you know, it's supposed to be, she, she told me, she was like, it's supposed to be 36, but we can offer you 38. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, that's not going to work. And so the seven to 10 range I told her was like, what did I say? Anywhere from like 45 to 48. And she was like, oh, we can't do that. So she came with like 40. And I was like, mm, I can't do that either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I told her, I said, 42 to 44. I gave her a range. And she was like, we can do 42. Okay. And I was like, okay. Because mm-hmm. actually, I was, I would have settled for 40. But I was like, why not ask for more? <laughs> That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. It's like, why not? And, and, it, and then the good thing about it is you didn't know the company was broke. Did not. And that. that's the part of it. Look, <laughs> I think there's something about that. When we as black, I say black women, I'm a black woman, so I identify with black women. It's like, 
if you tell me you're in a bad spot, it makes me not want to. Exactly. Oh, they don't have any money. <laughs> They're so struggling. I'm, I'm, look, but you know, in hindsight, I probably would have did that. Uh-huh. Like, I probably would have been like, oh, man, you know, I know they're in a bad position, so I don't want to ask some more. But knowing what I know now, if y'all want me bad enough, which it seems like you do, I'm going to ask for it anyway. Yes. And you'll, you'll make it work. So, like, and that's one thing I've learned now in my position and have grown from. Like, if you want me bad enough, you'll make it work. Yes. So, um, but, yeah, I definitely would have probably resorted how you said, oh, you know, I don't want to ask them for too much. So, I'm glad I didn't know. Absolutely. <laughs> Girl, ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. That first negotiation is, um, it, you know what? How was it for you? When you when you finally did, was it a call? Yeah, it was they a call. Were- <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy because they were in like some type of leadership conference that they would have every year. And so I didn't hear back from her after like that first like uh, pushback. And mm-hmm. I was just like, uh oh, what's going on? And then she emailed me like a real short message. I guess she did it from her phone. She was like, hey, we're in a conference um, and we're going to be in it for the next few days. So I'd really like to get this wrapped up soon. So I'm like, well, Come with it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, she called me. What's funny is I was at work when she called and we doing this negotiation. <laughs> but luckily the guy whose office was across from mine, he wasn't here. And I was in a cubicle. So I just went in his office, closed the door. And I was talking to her. And she told me, she was like, we can do the 42. And I was like, okay. I was like, all is great. I was like, send me over the offer letter. Because I wasn't telling my current job until I had something tangible. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I said, send me the offer letter. We'll get this situated. And then, you know, we can decide on the start date. Girl, as soon as I hung the phone up, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> And so, one of my, like, good friends who worked with me, uh, she peeked around the corner. Because she already knew what was up. She was like, we good. I was like, we good, girl. <laughs> So it was, it felt really good. And you know, I couldn't like rejoice too much because I was at work Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to let them know just yet, but, um, it felt great. It felt so good. I think that is such like, that is such one of those like, um, badges of honor, Mm -hmm. you know, like as much as we talk, I talk a lot about, you know, corporate versus entrepreneurship. The one thing that I think a lot of people in corporate should get an opportunity to do is negotiate your Mm -hmm. salary. I think that that is a huge um, personal development experience to ask for what you work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and and get past that. So that's pretty cool. And you know, with that, I feel like because I I found myself doing this. Um, the next job I got after that, they gave me like a fifteen thousand dollar increase mm-hmm. in my salary, and so I didn't even ask for anything because I'm like fifteen thousand dollars. You know, that's a lot. And so where they're putting me at is good. So I didn't even negotiate. And so going into the next position, it was the same thing. I got another like fifteen thousand dollars salary increase to take on the next position. Tell me you negotiated more. I negotiated that time. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely negotiated that time, and so I maxed out. So I um, got on as a contractor at a, a company, and I maxed out at like the the salary range for that. And she was like, "We can't go." As high as you asked for, I was, she was like, but I can max you out. And I was like, well, it's more than what you offered. So that's... Max <laughs> it out, baby. And so I had to learn that. Like, just because they are offering you more doesn't yeah. mean you still can't ask for more. Absolutely. And so I did it, and I got more, and I was super happy. Because yeah. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. I, like, knowing what I know now. <laughs> Absolutely. And what's what's interesting, what's, what's the most important thing about it is asking the ask is, of course, is important. I think as women, again, as black women, Mm -hmm. and as women, I think, um, we come in with the whole research, Mm -hmm. we know exactly why you owe, why you owe us this much anyway, um, 
And so I don't want to take away from the fact that research is heavily done in this process. Mm-hmm. Um, however, really half or more more than half the battle is really just asking. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being confident enough mm-hmm. to know that you're going to get it. Yeah. So are you, out of all this stuff, are you still doing fitness at the time? Um, Myself, yes. So okay. I'm still like working out. Mm-hmm. Um, when I moved here, I because I was a member of like Lifetime Fitness in Birmingham. And, you know, that I feel like Lifetime definitely changed the way I worked out because just like all the equipment that was available, seeing other people who are going as hard as I am Mm -hmm. and even just like the staff and um, some of the trainers there that I would talk to, they just really love fitness and love like the brand Lifetime Fitness. So I came here and I was like, well, I'm joining the joint of Lifetime. But here in Atlanta, the Lifetimes are all like premier clubs. Mm -hmm. So it's like $90, like $89, $90 in Birmingham. As a premier club, that's like one sixty five for just one person. Okay, I was like, mm. <laughs> I don't know if I got that in my budget. <laughs> so, um, luckily, like I would still work out on my own, um, out like just outside, random stuff in my apartment. Um, there were gyms nearby that I would go to, and then my company started like contracting with um, another company, and so we were able to use that company's gym. Okay, so that's when I started going with my friend, and that's how Body by Dawson started being created so Bye Bye Dawson has been in the works since like 2017 and I actually didn't pursue it for real until like 2020 so (laughs) so when you say you had it's been in the works what were some of the first couple and then so because it's between 2017 and 2020 um you got the gift so like Mm -hmm. what was the evolution of Body by Dawson yeah so it first started off you know just me and my friend working out recording videos and stuff and it's funny because she would have people reach out and say who is your trainer like all this kind of stuff and she was like I mean she's just my friend like she's not really a trainer we just work out together and they like were asking for my contact information and I thought that was like hmm okay you know Something's like firing up my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so between the gift, uh, which was like maybe May or so of 2017, and between 2020, it was just like, okay, how, how am I going to do this if I do decide to do it? Like I'm working full time. Um, I've always like had several jobs at one time. So I would be like, at one point I was working my nine to five. I was a uh, server. I was a brand ambassador, and I sold jewelry on the side, and then I was a secret shopper. <laughs> when, at what point was this? So this is back in Birmingham. Okay, this is back in Birmingham. Back so in this Birmingham. is before you got the, the 20 times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you were just being... And what's crazy is I didn't, like, need it. It was just like, eh, you know, I that. have time. Yeah. Might as well make some more money. That makes sense. So um, even, like, coming to Atlanta, I started... Um, being a server again, but mm-hmm. that ended like after two shifts just because the, the um location I was at closed down. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess it wasn't meant for me to do this again, but I still continue like the uh, mystery shopping and all that kind of stuff. So I was just like always used to doing something in additional to my full time. And so as far as Body by Dawson, I was like, you know, working out, trying to get my body right, mm-hmm. understanding um, different workouts and how they impacted my body. Mixing and matching like nutrition, how that plays a role in everything, cutting out certain things. So um, we had a nutritionist come to our job and like hearing her talk about nutrition just changed my life basically. And so I started researching more about like nutrition and um, what dairy does to your body, like cutting out dairy, what that does, Um, eating the right foods, making sure you're getting proteins, carbs, fats, all of that. 
And like, you know, we always hear carbs are bad or you don't want to eat too much fat and stuff like that. But you do need a good bit of it yes. to, you know, sustain and meet your fitness goals. Especially if you're going to, like you said, if you're going to work out, mm-hmm. there's actually even more, it's more necessary to have certain carbs. Exactly. Because of that. You got you need that fuel. Exactly. And, and to replenish yourself after the workout. Mm-hmm. So just like studying on my own, researching, like, um, you know, testing my body. So using my body as like the test subject. And so I did that for a while. And like, honestly, up until about 2019, 2020 is when I really started to like know for sure, okay, I know this is how this is impacted. I know eating these foods or this amount of food is what gives me this type of body or this type of um, feeling, even Mm -hmm. just in my body. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I've learned a lot just, you know, by reading articles and stuff, but I feel like I need to go to like one true source, like a, a certifying organization to give me, like, some kind of standard. And so that's when I started researching, um, like, certifications that I wanted to go through. And so I looked at some of the higher-end ones, like the the A certification or the NASM and all those, and I was just like, okay, you know, I see a lot of people with those. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, but, you know, do I have time for some of these and all this kind of stuff? So I did wind up getting ISSA certified. Okay. And I was like, I I like this because it's at my own pace. And I do feel like some people take advantage of it because since it is, like, at your own pace, you can literally just go through and, like, guess at the quizzes at the test and stuff like that yeah, okay. and keep it moving mm-hmm. now if you want to get a specialization they require more like you do have like the, the test answers but then you also have to do short answers uh, questions okay. so like so uh, they essays. know that you're giving your actual mm-hmm. so you, you have to do ISSA mm-hmm. what's ISSA so it's the International uh, Society of Sports uh, Association okay yeah. gotcha so it's just a lot of like studying for your body um Muscle groups, like, I was not expecting to go back to school, like, anatomy-wise. <laughs> um, like, learning muscle groups, uh, chemicals, like, all type of stuff. Yes. And so, it's just like, I didn't know it took all these. But I'm glad it did. <laughs> How did you, did, did, uh, the, did ISSA help you identify your style of fitness training or how did you know what kind of fitness you wanted to do? So, um, definitely did because they do have like a lot of certifications so, or specializations. So I knew that, um, I wanted to do like glute specialist. So that's one of the certifications I received. Oh, um, we can get a good booty round you then. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, cause I know like personally, like it just runs in the family for me. It's genetic. So I always wanted to like make sure I understood how to like tone it and mm-hmm. like, especially like your thighs and stuff. And even just your glutes. And so I was like, oh, this is a good one. You know, that's the focus right now. Yeah. Everybody wants to be good. So, yeah. Well, so. Then let me ask you this then. Because mm-hmm. everyone wants to know. Like, if you have a, a pancake booty, mm-hmm. is there no hope? It's hope. There is hope. Where is the hope for our pancake booties out here? So you have to do the right exercises. Exercises that target, like, your ham- hamstrings. A lot of people don't understand that a lot of, like, glutes. like look and feel comes from like working your hamstrings as well Mm -hmm. so you do have to work like a lot of like your legs your thighs and like their exercises that target like your butt your glutes um but then food okay a lot of people don't realize that you have to eat (laughs) and you have to eat the right stuff so you do need like high protein like i tell a lot of my clients um eating high protein helps Either one, weight loss or weight gain. I was like, because with the protein, it's kind of going to help you shape your muscles, like grow your muscles and shape your body. Mm. But if you lose a lot of weight, but you're not eating the right foods, like, no shade, but you're going to like a little blob. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, so you want it to be nice and defined and toned and everything. And so I do feel like there's definitely hope for the pancake girls. (laughs) If you do the right exercises and eat the right foods. Okay. (laughs) 
listen, I um, it's it's important. I think I have debates with women with 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 like pancake booties and that persistent <laughs> like, no, my booty doesn't do that, and I'm like. But it does. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I stayed in the fitness industry long enough for me to have a booty, a pancake booty success story. Got it. But like, and it's, if you have, I would love to hear mm-hmm. like a journey of like how you got a girl to go from like, no, my booty is pancake, it's mm-hmm. never going to change, to like, okay, just for her to even accept the fact that it can be. Like, what, what's your experience working with clients like So that? unfortunately, I haven't had anyone like that because I will say with a lot of people, they want to work out. They want to change their bodies, but they don't understand that it will take time mm-hmm. and that you have to be consistent with it. So I've had some people like come to me and they start and then they're just like, mm, I'm going to just fall off because I don't see results in like two weeks. Like people have worked years. I worked years to get my body where I wanted it to be. Like, yeah, I had a good foundation, but like as far as like just the tone I wanted, the muscle tone, that took a while to grow. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, like I said, I haven't had anybody yet, but I have had people, like, see how lifting weights has definitely helped change, like, their body, the way their body feels, or just their tone. Because, mm. you know, everybody's like, oh, I don't want to, like, Wonder Woman, I don't want to be muscular. And I'm like, do I? Like, Because <laughs> right. I feel like just sitting here, I'm fine. But, like, if I flex, you can see mm-hmm. that I have the muscle tone. Listen, so. if you want to... <laughs> on Instagram are flexing in their pictures because duh <laughs> but I'm like in everyday life just walking around they don't look all built and muscular and stuff like that and Absolutely. I was like and, and I even had some clients like yeah that's one of the reasons why I went for you which is another realization of mine that actually just happened like a couple weeks ago hmm. so you know this whole time going into this like fitness journey trying to be a trainer and even just like you know start a little bit of fitness influence on social media I was like oh my body's got to be tight I got to have, like, the washboard abs. I got to have, like, the teardrops in my thighs and all this kind of stuff. And my client, so it was one of the group sessions. Um, Two girls who were, like, best friends who were working out together. And one of them was like, Sierra, like, lifting these weights, I don't, you know, I don't want to get too strong. I want to, like, Wonder Woman. And that's my answer. I was like, do I? Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was like, well, no. And her friend was like, that's why I picked her. She was like, because she has a realistic body. Mm -hmm. She looks good, but you can tell that she's in shape. Because I'm up here thinking, like, I still have work to do, which personally, like, for my personal goals, I do. Right. But I didn't realize that a lot of people go for trainers who look like them or who look like what they aspire to, like, realistic stuff. Like, if you have trainers who are plus size, like, if you're a plus size woman or man, you will go for a trainer who looks like you, but it's, like, more toned, more defined. Mm -hmm. Because you might know, like, realistically, that's not what you want to look like, like, the little skinny, you know, uh, what is that NPC bikini competitors <laughs> exactly and so I was like it, it just like really clicked something to me and it's like I always thought about it in the back of my mind but mm-hmm. it didn't make sense until the client said that in the moment and mm-hmm. I was like wow <laughs> you know what's beautiful about that mm-hmm. in entrepreneurship I feel like one of the biggest hurdles is connecting with our client mm-hmm. we call it that client avatar know your client avatar and before you even go out into entrepreneurship full time you get this realization that your client truly is looking for you. Yeah. Right? Which is, it's really, um, when it comes to like the transition into entrepreneurship, if, you, if you've already left, then the work is for us to still get that foundation. Mm-hmm. 
But I truly believe that you can leverage your experience in corporate being employed to really explore what that avatar really is. Like yeah. who, who that avatar is. Why do they like you? Mm-hmm. What keeps them up at night? What's their real concern? Um, and so you get in that realization is prime time. Yeah. Like now you can test it out. You mm-hmm. already now while you're in your job, you can look for your your client avatar mm-hmm. in the office because you know exactly. Who's like, mm, yeah. I think that's the one right there. Exactly. Like, how you doing? Because you're like, oh, you, you look like I did oh, two months ago. Right. Now yeah. you know I can get you exactly what the mm-hmm. results that you want. Yep. I think that's the the clarity that we all um, should pray to have. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. For and sure. before you leave corporate. Um, because clearly I'm I'm putting that out in the speaking <laughs> no, into the atmosphere because honey. Yeah. But that's cl- that's the clarity that we all need, um, mm-hmm. in, in this journey. So it's good on you for getting connected with that that very soon the early in your in your journey. Mm-hmm. Now you developing your style of training. Um, what's your particular like focus? I know you said glute focus, your specialization is glutes. Do you like plyometrics? Do you like weights, cardio? What what would you say your style is? So I'm a weights girl all day long. Hate cardio. Ooh. <laughs> Absolutely hate cardio. So in order to get the cardio, I do um execute like a lot of like hit style workouts. Mm-hmm. So like me and my clients do a lot of like hit stuff. So while you're doing your strength training, you're like you are conditioning, you're getting your heart rate up. So, um, we, I will make them run. So they do get on like a treadmill, the elliptical, like warm up and stuff like that. We might do like some, even hit interview intervals on the, uh, elliptical or the treadmill. But typically, like personally, I like, like strength training. So I'm on the machines all day long. And what's crazy is like, I started off with just like the hit style workouts for some of my, uh, classes. And the day I started incorporating, like, strength training, because I feel like with the strength training, like, you have to kind of build to that. Okay. Um, especially if this is your first time, because you got to get your form right. Like, mm-hmm. I want you to know how to do a bodyweight squat before I add a barbell to that. So, um, when I do the, they call it, what is it, uh, machine day is what they call it. <laughs> when I do machine day with the girls, love it. So, I had one client, she overslept, and she was like, I miss machine day. And I was like, there'll be more. <laughs> So it was super good to know that they love the machines and the weights just as much as I do. Yeah. And I do love to like challenge them. So yeah, we're doing these hit workouts, but I'm gonna need you to go up in a kettlebell. I'm gonna need you to go up in your dumbbells. Like we're not gonna just, you know, do something that's easy. Like yeah. the hard part is the um conditioning, like the hit, like getting your heart rate up, keeping going with the same intensity. Mm-hmm. But we also wanna make sure you're getting stronger too. Yeah. So that's the one reason why I do still incorporate those strength training days where there are a little more slow pace because we're really focusing on like making sure you feel it. You're going through the motions. You're doing it with the um, right endurance, the right intensity, the mm-hmm. right um, conditioning, all that kind of stuff like that. So mm. it's an even mix of both. Um, like I said, I do try to incorporate just some standard cardio sense. I know that's important as well. <laughs> I'm a cardio girl. Really? Yes, I am. I, I love a good sweat. I'm like, fit five minutes in. Uh-huh. If I don't have you sweating, then we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Gotcha. I'm always talking about sweat checks. So, yeah, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. But personality is another thing when it comes to picking a trainer. Mm-hmm. So, like... How did you, um, or how are you exploring, like, what your personality is as a trainer? And then what type of personalities are attracted to you? So, um, it seems like people who are like me. So, I'm very, like I mentioned to you earlier, I'm very kind of reserved. Um, especially if I don't know you very well. Um, I typically, even if I do know you, or depending on the setting, it doesn't matter. 
I really only speak when I have something to say. So I'm not just talking just to hear my voice. Um, so even with my training, like, it's not a lot of just talking randomly and stuff like that. And I do train my friends, so that's different. Because <laughs> sometimes we get carried away. I'm like, all right, y'all, this is really bad. <laughs> but, like, with new clients who are, like, brand new, you know, you kind of just have to warm up to them. And I try to play out their personality because I'm, I'm huge on communication styles and, like, you playing in my communication style and mm-hmm. me playing in yours. Mm-hmm. And, like, luckily, a lot of the new clients I've learned, they are very much like me. Like, I'm a very silly person, very goofy, like, making jokes and stuff like that. But I'm serious about things that I'm supposed to be, which is this fitness. Mm-hmm. So, like, we can kiki, we can laugh. <laughs> but be be doing that workout while you kiki over there. And mm-hmm. I don't want you to stop while you laugh. <laughs> Listen. So, I, <laughs> one more. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-uh, uh-uh. The, the last two, the form was bad. So, give me give me them again. Yes. So, uh, I do have a lot of clients who, like, we have great times. Like, I have some clients, they call them three-point turns when it's, like, a lot of movements in one exercise. And so, I'm like, y'all, we doing some three-point turns today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, like, it's good to have that, like, rapport with them where I can jo- joke, but they still respect my authority. So, um, definitely... Where I'm being personable with them and letting them know, okay, you know, I am a person, I understand you're a person. We can have a friendship, but always understand that I'm here to help you get better. So, please give me that respect and, like, knowing that what I'm saying is, like, where we're supposed to be doing. And that I may joke with you, but ultimately, we need to handle business. (laughs) Crack that whip. I feel like you cracked the whip without even cracking the whip. Mm -hmm. You say everything so professionally. And I'm like, okay, well, you know. And and, and it's crazy because that's what I tell them up front. I'm like, I am a very, like, you know, cut and dry person. I was like, I'm not a sugarcoater. I don't like for people to sugarcoat with me. I was like, I'm going to tell you straight up, but I'm not ever going to, like, disrespect you. I was like, if we're doing something, I'm going to push you. I'm going to, like, motivate you and everything. Sometimes I might let the client slide on some stuff, like, all right, instead of doing five rounds, we'll do four. <laughs> I'm going to take it easy on exactly. I'll let them negotiate with me here and there. But ultimately, ultimately, it's like, all right, you know, you need to go harder. Or like, no, I'll correct that form. Or mm-hmm. I don't feel like you're giving me all you got. Like, push through, all this kind of stuff. So they know up front that I am very, like, cool. I'm very, like, even-tempered. Mm-hmm. But, like, we going to get the work done. That's really good. <laughs> I have I've had clients tell me, no, like, oh, this hurts, and I'm like, oh, are you okay? Because I'm, I'm all thinking about the injury. And they're like, I just, I want you to push me more. Like, you know, and I'm like, oh. And I had to learn that too. Yeah, to, to, to learn how to push people. Mm-hmm. And even like, if something hurts, be like, yeah, it hurts because you don't work that out. Mm. That was one thing, and and I will say there's a fine line between that because you mm-hmm. don't want to push someone to in, injury, you mm-hmm. don't want them to feel like it hurts in a bad way, right? But you kind of have to know, and that's one reason I advocate for doing your workout. So like every workout that I use my client, I have done, mm-hmm. so I know okay at this point this is gonna feel like this, or at this point this is gonna hurt, or after three rounds I'm really gonna need to motivate them. So um, I always try to make sure I'm aware of what they're doing and aware of like possibly what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, so that way I can tell them, no, you know, I suppose I feel like that. Yes. <laughs> yes, your lower back hurts because it's weak. <laughs> yes, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. The lower back issue is a big one. And um, because I come from bar, mm-hmm. a lot of what we do is, is heavy on your, on your back, your low yeah. back. But I think with, with you... One, that you've been certified. Two, that you understand the difference between pain in your lower back mm-hmm. and then, like, strengthening your yeah. lower back. 
I think that's the safety in having a trainer. For sure. Actually be able to like look at your form. Okay, everything looks good. Mm -hmm. So you should be fine. Mm -hmm. As opposed to like, you're hurting yourself because yeah. <laughs> you're doing this wrong. So your bones exactly. are probably going to be weaker at first because of this. Yeah. Um, that's the benefit of having a coach. Yeah. Because I will say there are a lot of things I've learned just like looking at other people because mm -hmm. I can see it in myself and I know how to correct myself like whether I'm looking at a mirror or not mm -hmm. but a lot of clients like to look at themselves in the mirror which is good especially if you're doing it on your own but if you have me like you don't really need to look at yourself because I got you I got you on the form so a lot of times especially if you're doing like Romanian deadlifts or good mornings where you're like bending over at the waist or something if you're looking at yourself in the mirror, your um your neck and your spine are not neutral. Yeah. Which is gonna lead to some injury or some pain in like your upper or lower back. So like I always tell them, like, keep your head down, like keep your head neutral, your spine neutral and stuff like that. So I do feel like clients wanting to look at themselves to see, you know, what the form is looking like can be to their detriment too. Mm. So I'm like, trust me, y'all, I got you. <laughs> That's also another benefit. Mm. I hadn't even thought about like the fact that when you have a coach, you don't have... Well, when you have a good coach, right? Because <laughs> right. <laughs> if they sit here letting you do the wrong form, mm -hmm. it defeats the purpose. But with a good coach, you don't have to be so consumed with the mirror. You can right. literally zone out yeah. into the workout. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, I'm curious about your balance. Like, you're still in corporate. You're still in your nine to five. You're still running a pretty successful business right now. And so, when it comes to managing the two, it's time consuming. You have to... You know what? Every time I think about the solution, I feel like there's a journey behind it. So mm -hmm. help me understand, how do you, what were some of the challenges you found um, balancing your business and your work? Mm -hmm. And then what are some of the things that you put in place to kind of make it work for you? Yeah, so it has been hard, like especially these last few weeks or so. Um, at first, it was like, okay, you know, this is cool. I'm able to like create content for social media. I can go train clients. I can go to work, even like focus and be super productive at work and then I still have like my personal life on the weekends or in the evenings mm -hmm. and then I started getting more and more clients and then uh work started picking up because in my nine to five end of the year is a huge thing so starting in like late September early October we were like back to back to back like project deliveries all this kind of stuff so mm -hmm. it's like all right this is gonna be a test <laughs> and then I have like six in-person clients right now and most of them are like different times. So I literally train every day of the week except for Fridays. And then even Saturday mornings, I train my mom. But, you know, she don't really count because she don't pay. <laughs> but I, I still, you know, give her my all too. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's just, it's been hard because having to wake up early in the morning and train, go to work from like uh, maybe 8.30 to 5, 5.30 train after that and do it all again the next day so I have been struggling with creating content for social media okay I think I've been struggling like working myself out and I've I've noticed a lot of um trainers don't really work themselves out as much as they were you know when they were first like getting started or building their business which yeah. is why nutrition is a big thing exactly. <laughs> so it's been um definitely hard trying to balance everything because I'm literally like from about 5 a.m to maybe like 10, 11 p.m. at night, sometimes later, on go. Yeah, doing something. giving something to, to others. Mm -hmm. And even, like, having to, like, for myself, um, meal prep and stuff. So I don't really do the meal prep thing. I prefer to cook because I do love cooking. So I will prep out my meals 
uh, at the beginning of the week and then just, you know, of course, throwing the pan, the oven, the air fryer throughout the week. Mm. So that um, has often been a struggle because I'm not able to dedicate as much time to cooking as right. I would love to. Mm-hmm. So it's been definitely um, figuring out, one, how to give my all in my corporate world, in my entrepreneurial world, and then also like my social life, my personal life. So, and honestly, I'm still, like, trying to find that balance. So, one, some things I've started to do are, like, being really intentional about my planning out my week ahead of time. So, on Saturdays, you know, I'm kind of putting things in motion. All right, I know I want to do these type of clients with these clients this week. Um, I have an online client who I send her her workouts, and she does, like, three workouts a week, and I send her all of those on Sunday night. Okay. And so that way she can go in, you know, do them at her own pace. So I have to, like, if it's a new workout, I need to go record it. If it's something um, that I already have recorded, I just, of course, send her links to the demos and everything. So um, on Sundays, I do my grocery shopping and everything, come home, plan out that client's workout, get her squared away, meal prep, and then I start planning out all the other client's workouts. Okay. Um, soon, I'm hoping to... Um, start at a gym that way I can quit going to everybody's apartment or something like that and I can go to one standard place so six in the morning come here and we have this one spot six in the evening we're at the same spot so instead of like running around to different points in the city Mm -hmm. now I can cut down on travel time of course gas being spent um instances where clients don't show up (laughs) and I'll come to your place (laughs) so at least like if I'm at a gym I can like one I know people are coming, so even if you don't show up, you know, I'm still not losing out on anything. Like, it's not just a total bust for me. Yes. So, that, like, I've had those obstacles, but I'm slowly putting in, like, processes that would definitely help alleviate some of the the struggle with, like, timing. Because, like, and having to maximize my time, because that has been something that I definitely have to to learn with this. Mm -hmm. Just being able to maximize the time I do have. The best way to support the Work and Play podcast is by subscribing to the YouTube channel and by going to your favorite podcast player to subscribe and rate the Work and Play podcast. That's all you have to do. So if you are liking the Work and Play podcast, the content, the stories that we're sharing, and you know that this will help someone, go ahead and share the content to someone who could actually use it and help them on their journey to transition from corporate into entrepreneurship. Now let's get back into the episode. Yeah, the way you talk about it is very much like me in terms of you are super organized. I can hear it. Extremely. The way you explain. I'm like, you have this written down somewhere because you know like what you're going to do as soon as you get off work, what that activity is going to be, how mm-hmm. that's going to transition into the next thing. And you have it down to a T. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like, what would you, what would you say is your ideal day? Because right now, giving 100%. To work 100% to business and 100% to social is not official. We don't mm-hmm. have 300%. We do not. Right? <laughs> and I know we're so good at it. Mm-hmm. Like, we can be machines if we want to, but we don't have to be. <laughs> right. Very true. So, what does an ideal day look like? And um, and how do you d- dedicate whatever percentages you want in your ideal day? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like? Ideal day... Um wake up at like maybe 5 a.m go get my workout in come home shower um start training my first client or my first group of clients at like 7 a.m so i'll train them maybe have two groups so about 11 11 30 i'm done i um i'm done training for the day i'm going home like mapping out any other plans that i have for my business so that's where i can 
place like full focus on, okay, where do I want my business to grow? How do I want it to grow? Just like business planning for myself. Um, outside of that, I would definitely be creating more content. So I would dedicate like time each day to creating content. Um, and of course, like if my workouts in the morning, it would be at a gym. So that way, like other trainers around me, like my co-trainers can record me. I come home and edit the content and then upload it to social media probably the next day because I like uploading stuff in the morning and then have the rest of the evening to myself. So if I want to do like online coaching, I can have like my girls log into the Zoom. And I say girls because I like typically exclusively train women. Um, have them log into a Zoom session. So, you know, all the online workouts that I've given them, making sure their form is correct, making sure their intensity is right, that they are motivated and everything. And then waking up the next day and doing it all over again. And you see, I didn't include like my nine to five. It's not you. in there. <laughs> my nine to five is not there. <laughs> Listen, but you, if you don't have that written down somewhere, we have it, we have it on camera, but that is um, the exercise that we all need to do mm-hmm. before we like exit, right? Like, what True. are you going to do when you had that 40 hours back? Because mm-hmm. what a lot of us do we the last day that we work we're like oh i'm gonna wake up late today (laughs) you said wake up at five o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. in your ideal day yeah i think that's important for us to realize you still gonna have to wake up get to Mm -hmm. it and then there's gonna be the afternoon which you said is gonna be dedicated to strategy right it's gonna be dedicated to being like editing content which is actually sometimes fun we like (laughs) yeah it is it really is and and i do enjoy doing it it's just i don't have time right now and Mm -hmm. i'm like oh i miss this (laughs) Right? You're just like, all the content that uh-huh. I can be editing right now. Yep. I so feel it. So, the fact that you have an ideal day scheduled out mm-hmm. is like such a huge like stepping stone for you to be prepared for that day when you do. Mm-hmm. Because you'll know what your day is supposed to look like. Right. It's That's like another huge battle of people trying to figure out, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Mm-hmm. Now that I don't tap the mouse. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. You're like... Right, back to TV. <laughs> You're not right. <laughs> and it's crazy because, like, now, ideally, that's what my Saturdays look like. Aside from, like, the training, because I do, like, train my mom on the weekends. Um, but I wake up early some mornings. Like, if it's an ideal Saturday, I wake up, go work out, um, shower, go to my mom's, train her. And then the rest of the day, I'm, like, you know, free will. I'm working on the business. I'm planning out stuff for the business for the rest of the day. And then I may, you know, do something with friends later on that night. But if I had seven days a week to do the strategizing, I would have more control over my social life to be able to like, okay, now I don't feel so stressed to, okay, I have to meet up with my friends because I haven't talked to them in so long. Because mm-hmm. I could do all the strategizing and everything Monday through, th- Monday through Friday. Yes. Because like, I don't believe in working out for real on Sundays because the Lord rested and so do I. <laughs> <laughs> but I will like, of course, work on my business because that is the day I do like plan out a lot of the stuff for the week. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, honestly, my Saturdays now look like how I want my whole week to look for the rest of my life, honestly. That's beautiful. <laughs> hey, having an idea is literally half the battle. Mm-hmm. So you're currently at your nine to five Mm -hmm. and it's from the sounds of it it's like it's not really a bad situation it's just like you would prefer to be living out what you want yeah it's your mission so like what are some of the things and are you still because we're back at um you got the corp composition and then you use you net you negotiated into your next role and then you negotiated into another role so are we in that that second um, transition? Um, no, more like a third. Okay. <laughs> so same company, different role. Um, this role is like a full time position at the same company, and 
so essentially the same department and everything. So I'm working with like the same group of people, just in a different capacity. Mm-hmm. So um, that's been it's been cool. <laughs> I got you. It's been cool. Yeah. What are some of the um, challenges you've experienced when it comes to navigating the corporate world? Um, definitely showing up as my full authentic self. Mm. And I actually had a conversation with three other women, maybe a couple of weeks ago, we had a town hall uh, for my department. And so one of the breakout sessions or the focuses of the town hall was just diversity and inclusion. And so we did breakout groups of like four to five people where you just talk about, um, they gave us like the diversity wheel and you spoke out about three of the um, diversity characteristics that really spoke to you and that would make you more comfortable and empowered to better do your job and support it. And so mine were um, work experience because like I said, I've had, like I've lived different lives. I've worked so many different jobs in so many different industries, but because I'm younger in the workforce, a lot of people don't think about that or think that's a thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, One, my race, of course, I'm black. (laughs) And I need you to understand and respect that when like, you know, considering my thoughts and opinions about things. And then my other one was um, just like my communication style because the way I like to communicate and be communicated with are very important to me because I feel like that drives my efficiency and that helps me kind of like build that rapport with other people. So um, the biggest for me was being black. And like I said in the uh, breakout group, now that I'm older and have more work experience, I am way more comfortable showing up to work as my authentic self. Like, I don't feel the need to code switch for a anymore. I don't feel the need to um, wear my hair a certain way. Like, I might come in with, like, my booty braids today, and next week I got faux locks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so definitely before, especially working in companies that are predominantly white, mm-hmm. you're just like, mm, I don't want all the questions today. Like, you come up to me asking how you can get your hair like mine. Like... First of all, it's passive aggressive. Like, that's a microaggression. Leave me alone. <laughs> and, and it's crazy. And the, the sad part about that, like, especially my very first job, a lot of people did not realize that because one guy in particular had never really been around black people like that because he was from Utah, I believe, mm. and never really grew up around black people and didn't know really the appropriate things to say. So it was just always very interesting. But um, even outside of that, one of the things has been just um, the whole nature of corporate, like having to go to so many people for approvals, having to um, not having full autonomy over like the stuff you put out because you have to go to so many people for approvals. Mm-hmm. And now you got to like incorporate their feedback or even just wait on them to give you feedback. So now you're pressing against my timeline. Yeah. Um, another thing has been um, just timing too. So you may have something that you need to get out, but because you have to run it by so many people, or factor in these people, now you gotta prioritize what you need to get done against what they already have in your queue. Yeah. And I feel like one of the biggest is things that come down from leadership that don't really make sense, don't <laughs> really, you know, make a big difference, but because they say it, do it, now we gotta drop everything and do what we gotta do. Yeah. And then what makes it even worse is especially once that kind of falls by the wayside. And they're like, actually. Forget about that, like, three months work you just put into it and all the, like, other stuff that you were doing that's important that you put to the side. We don't even want to do this anymore. And I'm just like, you know what? Mm-hmm. 
Let me leave real quick. I gotta take a walk. <laughs> I gotta take a walk. So that's happened several times, yeah. and it's very annoying. But mm. those are probably like my biggest obstacles mm. in corporate. <laughs> okay, okay. I got this feedback some one time, and um, it's uh, from someone I respect in the entrepreneurial world who said that one of the pros and cons of corporate professionals when we come into the entrepreneurial world is mm-hmm. the structure mm. that we have. Structure can be such an asset, especially in a world where people have never had a corporate job mm-hmm. and don't know about structure. But then structure can also be a hindrance because we don't know how to kind of go with the flow. We're waiting on those second checks and That's third it. checks and we have a process <laughs> to doing things, right? Mm-hmm. So where do you allow flexibility or spontaneity in your life? Oof. Because <laughs> as you called it earlier, I am a very organized person. <laughs> very, like, extremely organized. So much so to where, like... I actually just um, got into therapy earlier this year and she called that out on our very first meeting. She was like so much to where I do just about the same thing, same time every day, every week even. And I do allow for like pop up things. So like uh, if my friends call me, want to go to happy hour or want to go to like lunch or dinner or something. That's definitely an area because like if I had it my way. Like, what I'm about to go do after this, mm-hmm. go home, Netflix it up. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, like, my favorite thing to do. Like, if I'm not eating or trying new restaurants, I love being at home just vegging out because I'm so busy and always on the go. Mm-hmm. So, um, I try to give myself a bit more flexibility when it comes to my plans. So, um, especially, like, this social media stuff, especially, just because... I feel like what I may have in mind or what I may have envisioned for my content or how I want to put it out there is totally different. So it's it's something that's in my drafts on like Instagram or even TikTok that <laughs> has been in there for like weeks now. And it's just like, okay, you know, I had this and was going this direction. But actually this content is more be- is like more efficient and like going out to bigger groups of people because of the type of content it is or mm-hmm. the music that's behind it. Okay. So let me jump on this and try to get that engagement up, try to get some more looks and that way I can go, you know, and um post that and then I can get back to what I was. So like a lot of the content I've been posting lately is evergreen. Okay. So it's not like particularly on a challenge or it's not like on this song that's hot right now. But I do think those like challenges and stuff definitely help drive engagement. So Social media has definitely been keeping me on my toes as far as being spontaneous because yeah. you have to hop on the trends like as soon as you see it because it go away in like 24 hours. <laughs> and this comes from the the woman who got her start in corporate and social media. So mm-hmm. I think you know your stuff. <laughs> Over the years, things have changed, but once I feel like once you build that muscle to know social media, mm-hmm. it's such a different thing because I think I didn't start adapting to social media until I was about 25. Because okay. in the industry, in the, in the, uh, environment in the office when you see someone getting hired in as a social media manager mm-hmm. for the first time you're like oh what do you do <laughs> like, so you're just on social media all day you know i like, can't tell you how many times i got that <laughs> it was, but now that it's my job mm-hmm. it's like a huge part of your job yeah. as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. i wish not it's not a regretful wish but it's just like if i had started my journey so early i would have built that muscle mm-hmm. to to stay on trends and to be able to learn a different like uh, button mm-hmm. This transitions, I think, even for children nowadays who mm-hmm. know all the stuff. Yes. Girl, I, the first time I ever did a TikTok, it took me an hour and a half to get those things. It was a body out of y'all. It was yeah. like, <laughs> and you know, I, it's so funny because I hear so many people like our age group saying that 
how long did it take y'all to post this? Because it took me hours. <laughs> and I will say, like, because you're trying to get the transitions right, you're trying to make sure that the last clip you recorded, like, aligns perfectly with the next clip. And these kids, I'm like, how y'all putting out four videos a day? On beats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> when we do it, it looks so... I'm like, why is my sound not matching with what I'm doing? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> it's a whole struggle. It is. So... Listen, I have uh, really, really enjoyed like just hearing all of the different twists and turns, the enjoyment. And I also thank you for being transparent because you are still in your nine to five. Mm -hmm. And so as much as you can give to us, I appreciate 100% because as we're making the transition and as I support other people who are making the transition, it's much easier to hear it from your mouth because you're in it. Mm -hmm. Because you even remind me of things that I experienced when I was in corporate America and from a detailed perspective, explain, you know, corporate bureaucracy or being able to be vocal in those diversity and inclusion conversations to share as much as you can, mm -hmm. right? Like, there's a cynical perspective, like, oh, these diversity, diversity and inclusion meetings, not going to change nothing, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. to the extent that you feel like sharing, share. Um, and I feel like what you just told us and what you just walked us through was a great example of how we can take it back to our jobs. And when we have those opportunities to speak mm -hmm. um, in corporate spaces, to speak just like you did. Mm -hmm. Give those three points. How does this affect my performance? And maybe give a little ROI on the end. Like, it's a, if you'd like these things to be improved, these are areas exactly. I need you to focus on. <laughs> exactly. Let's make the business case out of this. Mm -hmm, so for sure. I have really, really enjoyed your, your story. There's one other thing that... Um, I'm thinking about, and it's, it's for people who have not yet, even though you're in therapy for organization, I think that's a huge mm -hmm. um, stepping stone for people who want to go into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. You have to know what your day is going to look like when you leave. But mm -hmm. first, you have to manage your day now. Mm -hmm. I even had a client just last week ask me, how do I plan my calendar when um, I have clients and I could schedule a meeting at 12 o'clock, but I just don't know how things are going to shift throughout mm -hmm. my day. So just hearing you gives us tangible <clears throat> examples of how you do a session in the morning, you do a session at night. Mm -hmm. You don't try to mix and mingle the two because right. you'll end up having a random meeting in the middle of the day and have to leave a client hanging. Exactly. So I hear all of that. Um, so thank you again. No thank and you. Uh, the question is, so it's like, if you think back to that person mm -hmm. who hasn't started doing it as efficiently as you have, what would you say? What's that word of advice that you would give someone who wants to um, transition but haven't even started their business yet? Be real with yourself. Mm. Like, always know what you're capable of and what you're not capable of. So, I feel like, for me personally, I have a very real conversation with myself about, <clears throat> okay, you know, this is your strong suit. You know, these are your areas of weakness. And if, do you want to hone in on those areas and, like, make them strengths or at least just strengthen them at a, a little bit? And so being honest with myself about what I can and can't do has definitely helped me a lot because I am a very, oh, yeah, I got you, or I can incorporate this. And I still struggle with it a little bit with taking on all these clients knowing that I still working 9 to 5. So I have definitely had to start turning people away. Like, yes, I want you. I want to, like, help you. I want, you know, the income. However, realistically, I know that this does not fit in my schedule. So while, yeah, of course, as a business owner, I want to make a profit. I want to be, um, you know, have the income to support myself and, and the rest of my business growth. But I can't kill myself doing it. <laughs> and so um, with that, 
part of being honest with myself is like making sure I know that just because I'm pursuing this and I do want this to become like my full-time job, I can't neglect where I am now because if they fire me tomorrow because I'm not giving them like a hundred percent, I'm going to be looking ugly. In the long run, I might be like, oh, okay, you know, it worked out. <laughs> but I'm going to still be looking ugly because it's unexpected. Like, I want I want to fire y'all. Y'all can't fire me. <laughs> so I still have to, like, make sure that this wasn't going to negatively impact my 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, it's actually helped because, like, everybody at work knows that I am a trainer. I had to come to the realization that putting in, like, 150, 200% at my job was not going to cut it. So now, like, y'all going to get 100. Mm-hmm. But if my name ain't on the building, <laughs> then it doesn't really matter that much to me. Mm-hmm. not going to slack off, but coming in at, like, 7, 7.30 in the morning and staying to 5.30, 6 o'clock is not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. I get there when I get there, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is about 8.39. Mm-hmm. And I stay to about 5, 5.30, depending mm-hmm. on my clients. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you my all in that time, but I'm not giving you any more because y'all not giving me that either. Yeah. So I just like one big thing in that being honest with myself was like saying that if you're going to give a hundred percent to that company, you also need to give a hundred percent to your business Yes. and knowing like where that divide is mm-hmm. like, okay, I can do it in the morning up until this time. So all clients have my attention here after that, the company does. And then after that, it's a little bit of client time and then it's me time. So just like making sure you give everything in your life the full attention that you can, but making sure you have that clear divide. Like, okay, I love y'all, but it's after this time and I'm off the clock here. So yeah. let me go on here. Yeah. And and that's been hard because, you know, well, not for me personally, because even though I have work phones and stuff, if it's after like 530, <laughs> <laughs> it is in my boot bag, put away. But I will say like as far as emails or something like that, because I will go check an email at like in the middle of the night or something. And I've had to learn like, nah, you can't do that. Like, okay keep everything in a silo mm-hmm. and then eventually like it'll just all start to work together yeah that's one thing i've definitely like learned that if everything has its place and i'm giving everything the right attention that it just has been an easy flow not saying that it's been easy as far as like prioritizing and doing because it does take a lot of time mm-hmm. but as far as like the two coinciding or like having overlap i haven't had a struggle with that so mm-hmm. it's been nice Thank you for sharing your story. I really enjoyed it. I heard everything had a good time. I, I had one too. I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh my goodness. So for them, there's people who are watching and um, are listening and they connect with your story. Um, and there's a lot of people who need to get some healthy habits. Very true. So for those who are watching and listening and they want to get connected with you, what's the best way for them to reach out? So definitely um, social media and my website. So my website is www.bodybydawson.com. You can see um, training packages, learn a little bit about me, as well as just shoot me a line if you want to connect or just, you know, have some questions or even just um, set up a consultation. Um, Also, social media is where you'll see my content. So like what type of workouts I do. Um, I also provide like a little bit of cooking on there so you can see what type of meals I eat throughout the week. Um, and then, of course, just email. So, Sierra at bodybydawson.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you're thinking. You can always reach out uh, with any questions you may have about the business or just training. Or even if you're like, I've even had people come to me and they're like um, wanting to know about certifications. Mm. I'm even open to just letting you know, okay, yeah, this is my experience with this certification. This is why I think certification is good. So, 
even if it's not about you wanting to sign up for my services and you just wanted to chat with me as another trainer, I'm cool with that too. That is so, <laughs> so giving. You, you keep that mindset until you go out into entrepreneurship because then free advice usually changes. Right. <laughs> and I, I've had to learn that a little bit too. Listen, <laughs> so you better take her up on that offer now exactly. while she's still offering that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I will say for your services if they are coming from the Work and Play podcast, do you have a certain way for them to get in? It, and I'm not saying you guys, you have any sales, but if you do for the folks who are listening and they, you know, can type in Work and Play or something. Yeah, yeah so if you come to my website, you can get um, a percentage off. I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to go and see. <laughs> but go check out the services and in the discount code, type Work and Play. And you will get a percentage off of training services. And I also sell resistance bands mm. for like leg day workouts. Really good uh, way to improve your leg day. And you can also get the percentage off of the resistance bands. So Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, guys. This is for you. <laughs> yeah, so look, let me know. If you are trying to get bodied by Dawson, come see me. <laughs> come see you. Well, until next time, y'all know what to do. But well, peace out, and I will see you next week. Thank you. <laughs>